Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are back with our weekly live medical show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here tonight to tell you what you need to know about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many of the other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so please make a note of this number. It's 800-859-0WJR. Again, that's 800-859-0WJR. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back, everyone, to our weekly live medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0WJR. Again, that number is 800-859-0WJR. Dr. Collender, welcome back. Give us an update on what's going on with COVID and prevention. Well, thanks, Amory. I thought we should talk today about what do people do if they get COVID. And we've talked about this before, but what's bringing this on again is... Uh, my wife sends me links about things she thinks I should look at. And one of them was a video featuring a doctor, Peter McCullough, who spent some time in Michigan. Now he's mostly out of Texas. And he was talking about a program of what people should do when they get diagnosed with COVID on day one. I realized, Emery, you and I talk about this all the time. This isn't news to us. It's not news to our listeners And if someone of national prominence feels that they're on the cutting edge within the last few weeks of letting people know of here's a program to help manage COVID and keep you out of the hospital, well, again, we've been talking about this for a year, so I thought this was important to go through again in a little more detail. Again, I think this other doctor has a little broader program than I do, but again, as you mentioned, it's been what I've been doing is working for me. Right. Go ahead. So, so, you know, one of the first things that you've got to ask your doctor is, are they willing to treat COVID? Because a lot of doctors around are kind of feeling there's nothing to do, that, you know, there's shame involved in using hydroxychloroquine, shame involved in using ivermectin, or God forbid you use a supplement. And in in my mind, that these are things that are well-established and helpful in early stages. And this is appropriate community outpatient management of the early stages of COVID. And you got to start on day on on the first minute. Well, I think, you know, the problem is you can't get in to see your doctor. If you do, I mean, you've got to be very skillful at passing through all the questionnaires that you're going to be asked when you call in, when you call in and you ask, I need to make an appointment to see the doctor, what's wrong with you. And then when you get to the building, you've got to go through some, you know, police person down at the bottom that's going to give you a questionnaire and take your temperature. And I'm just curious about what happens if your temperature is a little bit elevated. Do they just send you out of the building and that's it? They don't see you? 
they're afraid to treat you. You know, I mean, you're the doctor and you're Why supposed to, to be. You? They've been made afraid by media. And also, you know, you got to ask your doctor now, you know, are you willing to help me prevent disease? Of course, they don't even know what you're talking about. But are you willing to manage my COVID if I call you and I'm sick? Are you willing to write the medications that I that I might need? And and now I hate to say it, I had an experience this week where I got to ask my pharmacist, are you willing to fill the prescriptions that I want my patients to have? Because I actually had a pharmacist refuse to fill a script for ivermectin because they didn't think it was indicated. I mean, that's really shocking. I know you told me that. And I just wondered, since when does a pharmacist get to overrule a board-certified internal medicine physician who writes the prescription following a hefty nosedive diagnosis into what the patient has, and you're writing the prescription. He's just filling the prescription. Welcome to healthcare in the United States, I can't 2021. Believe this, I, I can't believe this has got to be happening in every pharmacy, that the pharmacist can overrule the MD. That's so ridiculous. The only time a pharmacist usually gets involved is maybe during a, a pain medication, an opioid prescription, something like that. And that I completely understand. And frankly, I want their assistance on that because they may know something the patient's doing that I don't know. But for them to make a medical decision based on opinion that's, I don't even want to use the word controversial, but I'm going to say harmless Mm-hmm. There's no harm in using hydroxychloroquine, despite what the media may tell you. There's no harm in ivermectin, and what, and despite what the media may tell you. And you're missing opportunities to keep somebody out of the hospital. And this is all the news is talking about right now, is that there are no hospital beds because unvaccinated people are filling them up. And you can't get your appendix out, and you can't get your, you know, gallbladder opened up, you know, and, and they're blaming, the media's blaming unvaccinated people. The reality is there's no plan for managing people with COVID before they get sick enough that they have to go to the hospital. So what are listeners supposed to do? Well, you got to ask your doctor, number one, we'll get into a program next segment, but number one, is your doctor willing to help you if you come up with COVID positive and you're sick? And if the answer is no, find another doctor. And number two, you got to ask your pharmacist, are you going to fill these scripts? And if the answer is no, you got to move to an independent pharmacist. So, you know, do I know for sure that every independent pharmacist is going to fill every script that every doctor writes? Of course I don't. But these big box pharmacies obviously gave some leeway to pharmacists to say yes or no, and their job's not in trouble because they refuse to fill a prescription and possibly save a life and possibly keep somebody out of the hospital. I'm like out of my mind that we had to move a script to another pharmacy for my patients. That's an unbelievable story. We'll have to come back and talk more about that on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our special live weekly medical broadcast And we are here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent catastrophic disease, please call us at 800-859-0WJR. That's 800-859-0957. 
You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know we're welcoming you to our special medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. He's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800 859-0957 or 800-8590-WJR. Dr. Collender, let's come back to the issue of what's the patient to do? Well, the patients are screwed, you know, because there's no information about what to do except from us. And even this doctor who's online has got a pretty big following. He's coming out like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, we're doing, you know, we can manage disease. We've been talking about it for a year. So let's get right into it. And so when you're not feeling well, you go get a COVID test. It comes back as positive. You know, when a patient calls me, the first thing that I ask them to do is get on some supplements. And so I, as you, if you're a regular listener, you know, we want to talk about vitamin D3, high doses. That means at least 5,000 units a day, zinc, 50 milligrams a day, quercetin, um, and maybe I'm not a big fan of vitamin C, but vitamin C is on the board at two to three thousand milligrams a day. So we had a caller, so we'll come yeah, back. Yeah, we have Andy from Clinton Township. Andy, what is your question? Yeah, um, doctor, this is it, it's it's a um, I'm a veterinarian and I use ivermectin every day. So th- this is not a trap question. I'm just very curious. What is do you believe the mechanism of action? Um, of ivermectin against this virus how does it how can it, how can it work since it's a parasite you know parasite? i i actually don't know the answer to that i don't know that it's known except there are a lot of studies supporting its use in covid um as a preventive and as a therapeutic now i'll also say that there's a lot of studies that are equivocal in its use as a preventive and as a therapeutic for covid so i look at this as if we're trying to keep somebody out of the hospital or someone's willing to take it to prevent exposure, then I don't see that there's any harm in using it because, as you know, this drug's been around for 50, 60 years and it's been used safely. So um, I have a handful yeah, of patients. A, that, that's fair enough. I was just I was just trying to, from a scientific standpoint, it's hard for me you know, as also a medical scientist to, to understand. And I've also read this, the the, um, you know, the, the seat of the pants uh, testimonies that it works, but I just, I can't figure out why, why would it work? I, you know, I don't know either, but there's a lot of, uh, there are some good studies for it. There's a lot of studies that don't replicate the results of the positive studies, but um, there's a lot of things that we use that haven't been able to be replicated, even that are covered by insurance. So I, it's not a harm it's just a question maybe you know it at worst it's 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 doesn't help yeah it's so, kind of anecdotal isn't it it's yeah. like you don't necessarily it's well, not no there are studies that ha- that are blinded and 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 they've got a control group and a treatment group and very positive outcomes in terms of prevention but again there's a lot of studies that don't replicate those findings i just don't think there's any harm in trying to keep somebody out of the hospital. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's not necessary that you're just using one particular medication. You're using a mixture of things. It requires a mixture of things. And this, again, you know, there's a, a major podcaster, Joe Rogan, had COVID. And he's being uh, really taken over the coals because he used a, quote, unquote, kitchen sink approach to treatment. And that's what prevention is. That's what early treatment is. It uses a variety of things. When I'm used, when I'm trying to prevent somebody from having a heart attack, guess what? I use a kitchen sink approach. I cover a lot of ground. You know, I'm the endocrinologist. I'm the pulmonologist. I'm the cardiologist. You know, I'm the gastroenterologist. I'm the auto. I'm the immunologist. I'm doing all of these areas and applying everything in my toolbox to make sure that somebody doesn't have a heart attack and stroke. And I can't trust the individual specialist to be part of the team. I'm doing all that on my own. The same thing goes with COVID. You've got to throw the kitchen sink at it. And guess what? He recovered and he's fine. And that's what I've discovered with my patients is when we use a kitchen sink approach, it works. So supplements, and I give my patients now hydroxychloroquine on day one. They call me. I'm sick. Here's your supplements, your D3, your zinc, your uh, quercetin. And if you want vitamin C, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. And here's the script for hydroxychloroquine. Here's a pack, And I want you to tell me what's going on every day. And there's another really important thing. Again, we're going to get to next segment. But there's another tool that's available that is covered by insurance, that is a big pharma product that no one's on the news is telling people to go get. And it's like a crime for the news to only tell people that unvaccinated people are clogging up ERs when most of those people vaccinated or not could have started treatment earlier and, and stayed out of the hospital. Well, that's the whole point. The whole point is we need to know what are the solutions. And I know that I've said this before on prior shows, but none of your large practice of patients, none of them have been hospitalized. None of them have died from COVID and none of them have been on a ventilator and put in the hospital. So you're certainly, I know you've said this before, you've had many patients that have come down with COVID and you've treated them all as should be the case with any MD, any board certified doctor that's treating a patient. It's up to you. It's on you to come up with what is the cocktail of medications that I'm going to give them. And you're also, you know, just want to throw this in there because you are a concierge practice, you're available 24-7. So you're monitoring your patient's care as they walk through their experience with COVID. And you've been 100% successful. So it's kind of like a no-brainer. You know, it's challenge that people and doctors are up against is there's so much politicization of healthcare and treatment and COVID and vaccines and everything that these opportunities are being taken away because it's being canceled. You know, so this, I mean, we're not on social media, at least not made by choice, but there's a, you know, this doctor who's very highly published, he's been canceled on social media, trying to educate people like we are. And, you know, so we're, you know, on the airwaves and we're not going to be canceled, but 
Um, this is why it's hard for people to get any information because the people telling you what I'm telling you are being taken off the air. And I don't think I'm saying anything so controversial. Take some vitamins. Take hydroxychloroquine, which the only study that showed benefits and prevention was at Henry Ford Hospital. And that study got lambasted right away for some reason. But the reality is it showed benefit in early prevention. The only one. The problem is every other study was on sick people. It's not appropriate when you're sick. It's appropriate on on day one. Well, I think the proof is in the pudding. I mean, obviously, you're looking at your large practice of patients, many of whom have come down with COVID. All of them have not only survived, but they've done very well. They've recovered. And you've treated them um, with the medications and following up with their treatment on a daily basis. And the, you know, as a a concierge practice, you're in touch with them 24-7. You don't abandon them from Friday at 5 o'clock until Monday morning. And that's, that's a big thing when people are going through this type of trauma. And there's so many parallels between the failure of our government to manage COVID early in the case and failure of our government to guide in prevention of preventable chronic disease That's why we're talking about it a lot today. It's the same thing. It's not happening, and it's very possible. Yes, it's just unfortunate, but people need to be their own diagnosticians these days. Well, we'll have to take a quick break, and again, you're listening to our special live medical broadcast. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or if you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0WJR. You're listening to News Talk 760. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We're fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0WJR. Again, that's 800-859-0957. And uh, Dr. Collender, we're getting callers lining up here, but before we pass them on to you, I just want to remind listeners to also tune in on Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock to listen to your Sunday show, just as informative. So we have three callers, and we have Jackie from Oxford. Jackie, what is your question? Hi. I actually don't have a question so much as I just wanted to say thank you both to the doctor and to WJR for covering this very important topic and being willing to talk about something that mainstream media has continually, repeatedly shut down and canceled. It's only through conversations like this and this continued education that people can be empowered to start asking their doctors for these um, alternative medicines, that there, there is a, a help besides the vaccine. And people need to be able to break free from the fear that they're living in and know that this kind of treatment exists, it, it does work, and it's being used. So thank you so much. And again, thanks to WJR for being willing to, to cover this and, and have him on. 
And more importantly, thanks to Dr. Collender, more so than WJR. But I mean, <laughs> really, he's really. a doctor here for thank sure. You. Thank you very and, much. And uh, thank you very much for doing a great commercial for us. Anyway, let's move on. We have Dan from Macomb. Dan, what is your question? Thank you for taking my phone call. I have two related questions. Doctor, do you have any admission privileges to any hospitals in the area? And if so, which hospitals? If not, why not? Um, I don't need any hospitals. <laughs> but you do have admission privileges. I do have privileges. We're not promoting any hospitals. Thank you. And I don't really need them. Thank you. Are there any other questions? Uh, no, from, no, well, it? yes, too. You got, that's one more. Yeah, no. So I have an outpatient practice and I rarely have patients admitted to the hospital and the goal is to keep them out and prevent disease. So that's really where we are. But obviously, as, as a specialist, you do have privileges and you I can have privileges, people, yeah, but people I, get I, sick enough that they have to go. But I don't need them. I mean, I don't really need privileges. So honestly, it's uh, what I do has nothing to do with a hospital. They're not covering the services I provide and they've got nothing to do with anything about me. All right. Well, let's go on. We have Cheryl from Lake Orion. Cheryl, what is your question? Hello. Thank you for uh, letting us call in tonight. I was wondering, my mother was vaccinated in, Jan- in January, ended up getting diagnosed with COVID last week. We, um, she got quite sick, and we were told by one of the nurses that we should look into the monoclonal antibody therapy. So we found a hospital in her area, and by the time we had that set up, she had to be taken by ambulance there. She um, was out with, uh, within five hours, had been given that therapy. So I've been telling a lot of people that I know, and one of their questions, and you might have already covered this, but what is in the monoclonal antibody therapy? Well, you could not have read my mind any more than you just did because the next thing we want to talk about before we had a lineup of callers is to let listeners know that they should go online to covid.infusioncenter.org, covid.infusioncenter.org. This is sponsored by the National Infusion Center Association, and this is a website where you can find monoclonal antibody therapy. So monoclonal antibodies are a treatment that provides you the antibodies that are directed at COVID, and it's like a booster immune system to fight it. So I... If the treatments that we talked about already, supplements, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine are not working before day 10, you need to go get an infusion that's going to save you. So that's why you need to be in contact with your doctor. And shame on media for not letting anybody know this. So great call. Well, now they have your number. They can call you. We have a few more calls. We have Tom from Clarkson. Tom, what is your question? Yeah, I have my question was uh, actually in re- relation to uh, heart check checkups. Um, I get these flyers in the mail occasionally that uh, they do like the series of five tests, check your heart. And I know through your show, I've heard a few times about getting certain tests done. And I was a little confused as to what test it was you suggest. Well, thanks for calling. And also very timely because on our Facebook show, we've been uh, lambasting a local West Bloomfield doctor for recommending just that set of screening tests to their patient and so lifeline screening type tests where they're screening for blockage are somewhat garbage and not really part of our preventive program. So 
the test that we do is called a carotid intima media thickness test, which measures layers of the artery that we can follow over time. A lot of the testing that you may get done at somewhere like a, a lifetime or life, I'm not sure what it's called, but one of those centers and even your cardiologist, they're doing blood flow testing to identify blockage, which is screening you for surgery. We're screening you for life. We want to find disease at its earliest possible point and take an aggressive stance on day one. Same as our plan to treat COVID. You got COVID, let's get aggressive right away, not wait for you to end up in the hospital. And this is a very, you know, the CIMT is a very sophisticated test that gives you a much better diagnostic look about what's going on within the wall of the artery. And I mean, the fact that you have access to this test or that we have access to this test is pretty phenomenal. And it's shocking to think that a listener you know, who's listening to your show would go to see a doctor who would absolutely dissuade him from following through with that type of testing. Well, you know, you mentioned sophisticated, but it's also simple. It's just an ultrasound. It takes 15 to 20 minutes at the most. We get the results and it gives us critical information about how to act. It gives us information about our process and what, where we are, whether we need to move forward, what direction we need to go. So along that, that, along with labs that are multimodal inflammatory biomarkers of disease, they're very, it's very helpful for us to help people. I just don't understand why any board-certified MD internal medicine specialist would even for a New York second think about dissuading a patient who comes in and says, I'm thinking about getting the CIMT and can you give your endorsement on it when it obviously is a far more sophisticated tool. And, you know, what's sticking in my brain right now is what's stopping them is the fact that it's not covered by insurance. You have to pay for it, but it's like $250 if I'm right. It's more than that, Anne-Marie. That doctor has no idea what to do with those results. So when Uh, you do not know what to do with the results, you go, well, here's a test that I know what to do. And the answer is I'm going to do nothing with those results. You either have some plaque or you don't. And frankly, those those tests aren't sensitive enough to identify early disease. So they're going to do nothing or they're going to send you to a surgeon. So that doctor in terms of prevention is incompetent. And so that person we're talking about and the caller needs to find someone who's going to actually have any idea what to do with prevention. Yes, I mean, it's kind of a sad story, but I guess it happens a well, lot out we're there. We're in a broken healthcare system, and these are just the stories in the, in the city. Do we have time to take another caller? We have Cora from Macomb. Cora, what's your question? I'd like a comment. Uh, my nurse friend sips all day on quinine water tonic water, which you can buy in, in any party store, and uh, she c- claims that would always prevent her from getting the virus in case she was exposed and maybe would have got it. And also, oil of oregano, a couple drops of that kills all viruses. So there are natural products, and also, of course, zinc. And then I just saw something from the Native American Indians. It's called oil of pine needles, and that would prevent heart 
well, heart, what do you call it, blockages? Or well, Cora, we're at, we're at the end of our segment, so we'll come well, back to this. We'll come back and answer that next... question um, Thank on, you. The, on the other side of the break. In the meantime, you're listening to a special live broadcast from the studios of Startup Nation in downtown Birmingham. If you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing tonight and you would like to talk to the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0WJR. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of our special live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR. Because we have so many callers, we're going to have to get straight to the callers. And uh, we have Lisa Shelby Township. Lisa, what is your question? Doctor, I'm so grateful be, to be able to talk to you today. I had the first Pfizer vaccine and had an anaphylactic reaction to it and wound up in the hospital. My question is, is there anything else that I can do to be vaccinated? Is there any other vaccine? Nobody seems to know. I can't get any answers. And what should I do to help my immune system and um, keep healthy? Well, this may sound a little facetious, but the main thing you can do to help your immune system might be to get COVID, you know, because we're learning that having actual exposure to COVID is 27 more times more potent immunity than getting a vaccine. So you have some immunity from being having one shot, but after having that kind of reaction, I don't know that I would want you to do anything. Um, I can't tell you that any vaccine will be different. Although if you were going to pick a vaccine, I would go Johnson because it's a different uh, process. So it's a DNA vaccine where you had an mRNA vaccine. Maybe that's the answer. But I would do it in a hospital setting, that's for sure. All right, we're going to move on to Jerry in Hazel Park. Jerry, what is your question? Yeah, I see they are uh, recommending the uh, booster for the Pfizer vaccine if, for uh, those over 65. Is, uh, yes. is that your recommendation? Well, I would like to uh, say that if you're over 70, which is when um, people really become sick, you know, uh, and their death rate goes up with COVID, um, that's when to get it. Or if you have a lot of chronic illnesses, you should get a booster vaccine. Uh, so right now it's questionable. You know, the FDA, there were some questions about the FDA was going to approve a booster shot. But I think if you're older, or you have severe chronic issues, then you should get a booster. Okay, moving on, we have Dave in Rochester. Dave, what's your question? Are you still with us, Dave? Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, The studies of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, uh, I, I, I I think the public needs to better understand why those are good drugs because... The Wall Street Journal, July 28th, article by David uh, Henderson and Charles Cooper, uh, 115, it was only 115, but even at 115, you accept that as being representative, 13% mortality. Henry Ford, non-randomized, non-scientific thing, even if you accept that as being scientific, 13% mortality. If everyone caught COVID in the United States, that's 43 million deaths. So tell well, me why I, hydroxychloroquine gonna... and, and ivermectin should be recommended. 
You know, I'm not entirely following your questions about where the mortality is. Um, you know, a lot of these studies, you can't just pick out one study. There's a lot of different studies or hundreds of studies being used with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And guess what? You don't have to do it. And if you don't want to go and give ivermectin, that's your choice not to do it. But I choose to do it for my patients, and I give my patients hydroxychloroquine, and I have zero patients admitted to the hospital for it. And zero, so that's, patients, and zero patients dying and zero patients being intubated. So, um, you know, I give my patients a choice, and some choose to do it and some don't. Well, the other thing is that you're on top of your patient care 24-7, and I, I can't stress that enough the importance of that, that when people are taking medication, they don't want to swallow medication on a Friday at 4 o'clock and then have to wait three days to be back in touch with their doctor. So that's really important. But I, but I do want to move on here because we have Kevin from Richmond on the line. Kevin, are you with us? Yeah, pre- appreciate having me on in regards to that previous caller. Ivermectin, I'm, I'm a pharmacist. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine have excellent track records. I mean, you could... You could say aspirin causes GI bleed if you want to paint anything black. I really commend the doctor for throwing the kitchen sink at um, the people who have COVID, and he's trying to help them. Um, furthermore, I'm, uh, I'm appalled and ashamed that some of my pharmacists in this profession and some of the chains are intimidating pharmacists from letting off-label use of ivermectin be prescribed. It's a it's a legal way for a doctor to, you know, use every tool in his toolbox. So I just wanted to commend the doctor on what he's doing. Well, thank oh, you. Thank and you. I want to commend you on filling scripts that doctors <laughs> yes. are prescribing, which you wouldn't think uh, is an issue. And also one thing, Anne-Marie, is I want to say hello to Jimmy, who's a regular listener who got a message to Mark that he wants okay. to say hello. Oh. So Jimmy says hi. Oh, well, that's wonderful. <laughs> anyway, should we? Yeah, thanks, Kevin, for that. We're going to go to Dennis now in Sterling Heights. Okay. Uh, a little brief history on me. I'm elderly. Uh, I don't have any morbidities. And uh, so I was living life, and I was active seeing people. I knew I much might, might catch COVID. It didn't bother me because I don't live from a fear standpoint. Because uh, I did, uh, you know, I, I'm a scientist, engineer, and I analyzed the data, and I saw that with no zero morbidities, my chances were very, very good. So I contracted COVID back in November, had some symptoms. I was tired a little bit, had a slight fever, maybe one degree, and the symptoms passed. Um, since that, in February, I got an antibody test, um, the FDA antibody test, antibody test. The results I got, and I carry them in my cars, and they were positive, so I have the antibodies. Um, So with that said, I don't think there's any need for a vaccine. In fact, there might be risk in doing it. How do you feel about that? Well, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 79, and I'm very active. You're not that elderly. Um, So, you know, so I'm I'm real active. You bring up a a few points that we got to make mention of. Number one is you're correct that you're having a lot of immunity because you had COVID. Uh, Number two, antibody testing will not identify your immunity forever, but there's a good chance that you have long-term immunity through your bone marrow that we just don't have a way to measure. 
Number three, mm-hmm. you don't really know what your health status is. So it's great that you're 79, you feel good, you get a good report from your doctor. But, you know, in my world, you know, we look at things a lot more detailed and the traditional markers really don't identify risk. So I would mm-hmm. still be cautious. And because people over 70, the risk of death from COVID is you know, exponentially increased every year you're alive. I don't know that it would hurt to get a vaccine, um, you know, just to kind of top off your immunity and and then you'd be really covered. And the chance of you having a problem is pretty low. So we're still pro-vaccine and I would still encourage, you know, if you asked, if you're a patient, I go, yeah, get a, get a dose. But instead of that, could I use the ivermectin? Hydroxy- you could, you could, but I would also not look at that as an alternative to vaccine. But if you're my patient and you said, "Hey, I want ivermectin uh, for prophylaxis," I'd fill it, and the previous caller would fill it too. Yes, our pharmacist from the last call. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's it's important to understand that patients are looking for a shepherd. They're looking for somebody to give them guidance. And unfortunately, from what we're hearing. It's not out there. Too hard to get in to see your doctor and too hard to um, get the care that you need. But unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd like to quickly thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our shows for the latest medical updates, Sunday at 3 p.m., Thursday at 7, when you can talk directly to the doctor. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR.